edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be previewing week two of the fantasy season for 2020. We'll have Weaver Wire, Starter Sit, News, Big Questions, Booms and Busts. Not in that order, but we will have all five of those segments once again this week. And we'll be unveiling some new music drops for those segments as well and uh, but yeah I think week one of the fantasy season obviously and I'm not I think but obviously I know that week one of the fantasy season has just completed there are a lot of twists and turns a lot of wrenches being thrown in because I mean before week one you think you have everything down about fantasy you think you know everything and then there are these super unexpected moments that happen in offenses on defenses if you're worried about defenses for fantasy and like basically at every position there are these unexpected moments that throw a wrench into your mm-hmm. plans so we'll be talking about a lot of those today it's going to be a lot of fun yeah that's all <laughs> chris just has one comment and it's yeah, yeah. i mean it's gonna be he, he said it all calvin it's gonna be a good episode episode 29 yeah one away from episode 30 mm-hmm. which will be fun episode 30 because it's ends in a zero that should be a fun episode and then two away from episode 31 so that should be even better Mm-hmm. But obviously, this episode's going to be great as well. We'll start off with some news. So, uh, Chris, I guess, are you ready to unveil this new drop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. News. All right. So we are getting started with some news now. And uh, we have a lot of injury news. That's basically what's going here. The injury report is what I guess we could call it instead of news, like the drop said. Um, but the first thing, first, first piece of news is Devontae Parker left the game between the Dolphins and the Patriots early in the second half with a hamstring issue. Um, there have been not too many reports about Parker's hamstring. Uh, Coach Brian Flores said that they, he was going to focus on rehabbing it early in the week, but it does look like he is pretty uncertain for week two. We don't know. He, he has a decent chance of missing time. So, Chris, I mean – someone's going to have to step up in this offense when Parker's gone. Obviously this hurts Parker fantasy owners Mm -hmm. like me, but um, I think who do you think, I guess Mike Gesicki and Preston Williams will be the primary beneficiaries, but just how well do you think they'll do? I mean, with Parker, if Parker actually ends up missing time. I actually think that this offense is going to struggle a bit. I feel like Parker is really the one bright spot. Uh, I don't know if Preston Williams is going to be able to hold down a a wide receiver one role. I just don't see it happening. I mean, the run game is a little shaky right there. We've got a committee. Things aren't really figured out. I'm not really liking anyone in this offense. I really don't think anyone is a start for me this week from from their offense. Yeah, if Parker obviously doesn't play, or if Parker's on a very limited snap count or if he doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. I don't know if there's anyone who can really take the role of that wide receiver one. Preston Williams is a good receiver. But, I mean, even when he was at his best, Devontae Parker was still putting up numbers in that offense to help him. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on to news about uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Conner has uh, sprained his ankle, so he's hurt once again. He is – I guess he's uncertain for week two. I don't know if it's all that serious. He has a good chance of being able to play through it. But as we'll talk about later, I think, obviously, if Conner misses time, Benny Snell will get some touches, um, and I think he'll be the primary beneficiary of that injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Benny Snell looked great in the game against the Giants yesterday. I mean, he really stepped in and he did a good job against uh, against that front, which actually is a little bit underrated, especially now that they added Blake Martinez, who's a tackle monster. So he did really well there replacing Connor. Uh, I think that he's going to continue to do well. And he, I think he really showed that when Connor is out, he's the number one guy. And Connor has been injury prone his entire career. I could see this 
getting extended and being a problem throughout the season. So definitely make sure you, if Benny Snell is available, you're grabbing him. Yeah, we're going to talk about him later in our waiver wire segment, I believe. Uh, yeah, I have him on my waiver wire list. So next piece of news, and we're breezing along here, going through this pretty fast. Marlon Mack has torn his Achilles tendon. Obviously, that means he's out for the year. But, I mean, what we didn't really expect, I mean, a lot of people were saying if Jonathan Taylor had the back that backfield to himself, that they would value him almost as high as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But... I mean, obviously, Hilaire proved himself last week. He put up a big game, or this week, I mean, or I guess last week, since this is releasing on Wednesday. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday. But yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire sort of proved himself. But when Marlon Mack went down, Naheem Hines was still very involved in that offense, mm-hmm. which I guess we should have seen coming. He's a very valuable player for them, catches a lot of passes. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, but I mean, it was kind of weird, the split that we saw. I mean, Jonathan Taylor got nine carries in that game. He also got six receptions, so you would expect Taylor to get a lot of the carries and Hines to get a lot of the receptions, but it was sort of split, I believe, in both categories. So um, at least in rushing, it was very split. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor this week, obviously since Max out for the year? Uh, I'm a little bit concerned by what his carries were looking like in week one. I was actually really happy. I traded Jonathan Taylor away right before the season started. Well, I don't and know then, what... <laughs> Oh, yes. And I was so happy because right once I had heard so much about Marlon Mack still being the guy and just Jonathan, that Jonathan Taylor was really only going to be change of pace. And it was playing out exactly like that. And I was so happy about my trade. And then Marlon Mack tore his Achilles. So he's looking for anyone to uh, replace. He's going to be like, Naheem Hines is the new Marlon Mack over here to yeah, justify this it's trade. It's crazy. Like, that was, it was, that's so unlucky. I mean, that's like as unlucky as he gets. I mean, I literally called exactly what, it, what was going to happen. And then what I called basically got blown up by a torn Achilles. So, you know, it's like, yep. I was doing, it was so smart. And then it was, it wasn't dumb, but it was just unlucky, which I hate. But uh, I think that Jonathan Taylor, as the season progresses, is going to start to get a, a, big en- a big enough workload to definitely be fantasy relevant for maybe the next two weeks. I don't think so. It's, yeah, think def- so. definitely a lot of luck in fantasy. We saw that this week with a no offense performance, <coughs> Darius Slayton's performance. But, I mean, we'll talk about that later. If fantasy, I mean, if you play fantasy, you've got to accept the luck factor. I lost my first game. That's how lucky or unlucky someone <laughs> yeah, same. Calvin like, and I it, lost we, our first games. I know. That was, like, the unluckiest thing that's ever happened in fantasy. Okay, but I actually got unlucky. Like, I actually Okay, well, my team, my team played okay. I scored the six most points in our league. It was just very underwhelming. <laughs> nobody – well, I won't say nobody broke out because Cam had a big game for me, and then Zeke did super well also. But, like, it was just so underwhelming, and then Parker got hurt too. That was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, speaking of brutal, if you took this guy with a first round pick, I'm not going to say that I predicted his injury because obviously I didn't, but I had him very low on draft boards just because he was a wide receiver. Michael Thomas was, first of all, shockingly having an awful game even before he got hurt. Then he got hurt. He said he was going to be able to play through the injury, but it just came out just before the show. According to Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero, he's expected to miss several weeks with this high ankle injury. It's a bit worse than yeah. originally thought. So... I mean, this is huge. The Saints' offense is completely turned upside down because this guy led the league in receptions his, he, for the past two years. So, like, w- I don't know what fantasy owners are supposed to do. I mean, this is a huge blow. I can't say I predicted it because obviously I didn't once again. But, like, I mean, this has got to really hurt, especially someone who's relying on having strong wide receivers by taking one in the first round. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is huge. He's expected to miss at least a few weeks. Uh, I That's tough for fantasy owners. I mean, especially it's not as bad in the early season, but as we start getting towards the playoffs, that could be a problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I, I keep saying this, but I mean, didn't predict it. However, <laughs> I mean, wide receivers, and this isn't like an example of it, but I did have Michael Thomas at number 12 overall just because, I mean, running backs are just so much more valuable than wide receivers. I had him there in my preseason rankings. Um, but actually, I guess we should talk about the impact that this has on pass catchers in the Saints' offense. And Jared Cook, I believe he had like something like six receptions last week. He had a big game. Emmanuel Sanders, though, should also be really helped. So I think Jared Cook is a must-start now in fantasy. And Emmanuel Sanders is very, I would say, startable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'd agree with you. I like Sanders with Thomas. I love Cook. I mean, I love Cook even more. I was really high on Cook going into the season. And I think, uh, especially now that he may, still managed to get six targets, which I think is a really solid number for a t- or six catches, which is a really solid number for a tight end. I'm really happy to see him possibly uh, doing even better. Yeah, I mean, he was already a mid-tier tight end one. Now he's – or mm-hmm. for me, he was more in the back end, but still – For me, he was already a mid-tier. Now I think he's I, – I wouldn't say I'd put him in the upper tier, but I still think that he's – even more solidified as spot as a mid tier, maybe a mid to upper tier sort of range. Yeah, I mean, if you've got Jared Cook, you should probably start him unless you've got one of the elites mm-hmm. on your yeah. team. So let's get into some big questions. Chris, you ready to dive in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big questions. All right, so we will get started with some big questions. And We've got three here, just like we had last week. And the first one is going to be very fun. This has been a common debate throughout the offseason. It's about Darius Slayton. We've debated Darius Slayton. Let's go. Darius Slayton I, mm. somehow had a, got, got a very lucky big game last week. Lucky. And um, is he the real deal? The answer is no, but, like, is he the real deal, Chris? Right now, I'm not saying that he is the real deal because I still think that Sterling Shepard is the number one. Oh, I still really? think sure. I still think Sterling Shepard is the number one. But as the season progresses, I think that he's going to get even better and better. I'm still very excited to have him on my team because I do have him on my team just because he has that big playability. And so when I'm down in a game, especially like which was such a good situation where it's Monday Night Football and I'm down losing in my game, I'm loving putting Darius Slayton in my lineup because he can do things like he did last night, uh, which was six receptions for 102 yards and two touchdowns. I mean. That is great for any receiver. I mean, obviously, it's 25 points. And, I mean, that that can totally change games. So, if I had gotten a good game out of A.J. Brown, I would have – I could have had a chance to beat him. I was down by maybe 50 points going into that game. On my him is touchdown Kirk, our staff writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my – I was down by maybe 50 points that game. Touchdown Kirk was having a, a great game. Or his fantasy team was having a great, a great week. And I decided I need to put Darius Slayton because – I don't think I have a chance by starting someone like AJ Green. You know, I just thought, I don't think that AJ Green has that potential. And I was totally right. I wish AJ Brown had done better. I was really hoping that AJ Brown would do better. But I mean, I'm, I'm really happy to see that I can, to know that I can put Darius Slayton in and that he definitely has that ability to catch some touchdowns. So nice. I like Darius Slayton on the bench right now. And maybe even if you need him in a dire spot on as your flex, but in the future, he's a real deal. I think he's going to be a wide receiver. I'm going to tell you guys the opposite. He's not a real deal. He's not the real deal. He shouldn't be started. 
because there's, and I'm not just being like sticking to my old opinion. I mean, obviously I am, but like not just, there's actually reasons. Yes. The, the argument is that he was facing the Steelers and he put up a big game, but there were many extenuating circumstances. I mean, we know he's there. He's uh, Daniel Jones, excuse me, is his favorite red zone target, but two touchdowns in the game that wasn't really high scoring. I mean, that that's a little bit ridiculous to me. I feel like he got nine targets. Evan Ingram got seven targets in that game, caught just two. Golden Tate was inactive, and Sterling Shepard got six targets. So it's not like he's the clear wide receiver one anyway. The Giants scored six – well, I mean, yeah, to back my point up, the Giants scored 16 points that last game. So his two touchdowns, a bit fluky. He should definitely have had less than that. But, again, if Evan Ingram had caught more passes, just catching two of seven – um, Sterling Shepard caught all of his. If Golden Tate was playing, that would have taken his target share down. The other thing was Saquon Barkley had maybe the worst game of his entire – I won't even say maybe. I know without looking at his other game logs that that was the worst game of his professional career by far. 15 carries for six yards. That is not Saquon Barkley. He got like a long catch in the passing game that somewhat salvaged his fantasy game. But that is not – what you normally see. If Saquon Barkley had actually been playing well, they would have rode him 20-plus times. He would have gotten some touchdowns. He would have been the main factor. But with all of these extenuating circumstances, with less pass catchers, with Saquon Barkley doing nothing, with Evan Ingram being very inefficient against this tough Steelers defense, they really didn't have anyone else to go to other than Darius Slayton. And so he put up some numbers. But don't expect this to continue. I mean, maybe... I can understand liking him a little more because of this, but I don't think he's the real deal. He's not like the next Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I I basically agree. I don't think he is the next Chris Godwin. But the main point of disagreement for me is I feel like as the season goes on, Gary Slayton is just going to de- develop more and more of a rapport with Daniel Jones, and I think that that's going to continue to grow. We saw it start to start to really flourish towards the end of last season, and there have been no signs of that ending from what we saw in week one I don't see I don't see why you wouldn't love to have I mean right now you would love to have Darius Slayton on your team because you know he is a boom candidate I mean you can't lie Calvin he is a boom candidate he did really well in week one and he had some big plays and scored two touchdowns you know that's the definition I mean, of a with boom my guy. bench wide receivers I'd like to have him on my bench sure but mm-hmm. I'm not I think saying most, he's most the real people would deal. like to have him on their bench after week one I think agree for what his draft position was sure yeah is, is there for uh yeah, I'd say he's a he's a nice guy to have as your four, and mm-hmm. I guess he he can maybe he can be a viable three on a running back heavy team. He can maybe pass as a three. He's a not mm-hmm. a very good three, but he could. I guess he could pass as a three. Yeah. Or uh, actually, eh, I mean, I'll he go far. I'll go three. far enough to say he's an average three, but he's not like a week to week start because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move on. Or oh wait, no, we got two more big questions. I scrolled too far down on the note sheet. We're going to talk about the pass-catching situation in Atlanta. And, I mean, there are a couple of points to bring up here. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage all had nine targets last week, which was crazy. Or, no, mm-hmm. not nine targets, nine receptions. That was crazy. The Falcons ran 75 offensive snaps, though. But I think the main point that I took away from this, Hayden Hurst had just five targets, three receptions last week. Mm-hmm. And after the rapport that I heard he built with Matt Ryan, this is really shocking. I thought he was the number three guy, but it looks like as of right now, Russell Gage is above him on the depth chart or on the, mm-hmm. uh, on the, in the pecking order. So Chris, do you think this continues or is Hayden Hurst actually the number three? And this was, I am, true? I'm actually, I'm actually not willing to give up on Hayden Hurst. We heard so many good things over the off season. It, it kind of feels like maybe the, uh, who were the Falcons playing again? Uh, what's the team? Uh, 
They're playing the. Who are the Falcons playing? Who were the Falcons playing? Uh, oh my goodness. The Seahawks. Yeah, the Seahawks. I mean, I I feel like the Seahawks maybe they could have had they could have had you know I don't know it just seems like they kind of shut down that tight end position. I just feel like I think that there's I'm still I'm not totally giving up on Hayden Hurst after week one. I mean I have him on on my team, so you may sound like I'm just saying saying this because I have him on my team, but I genuinely. I want to keep going. I feel like one of the biggest problems that some fantasy owners will have is they'll totally jump onto one, one team's train just because they, or one player's train just because they had a good week one, but that's really not how it should be. I mean, there's still definitely potential that that was just a fluke. I mean, you have a fluke throughout the season. It's like if, if Devonte Adams, I mean, imagine if he had this huge game, like he had in week one and in, in if one, he scores 34.6 every game for the yeah, rest of the season or, or in, or in week two, but in say, say that game had been in week two, but in week one, he had done really bad, which is very possible with Devontae Adams because the moment he gets a good guy on him, and at times Devontae Adams struggled a lot last year. Like, I had him on my team, and he struggled a lot. So it was really surprising, you know. So I don't think that you can just go off one game, and now all of a sudden Devontae Adams, even if Michael Thomas wasn't hurt, is the best receiver. You know, it's just – it's that's – I think that's a that's, – that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, it's, don't, don't, don't start right. saying too – or make, taking too many bold takes or signal – signaling someone out just because they had a bad week. Yeah. I mean, it also turned out Adams was just a little rusty after his injury and he was perfectly fine. But mm-hmm. like, th- that's why, I mean, even though Chris likes Darius Slayton, he agrees that Darius Slayton is a guy that you should be looking to trade right now because he, he's never going to be on a higher premium most likely than he is right now. Mm-hmm. So you should try to get rid of him. Even if you really like him, just like, it's like a lot of those guys, if you think, Oh, I'm not going to start Darius Slayton. Especially it's like, if it's like, I'm not going to start Darius Slayton. I don't have room in my lineup, which if you have a good team, you probably don't need to start Darius Slayton. Mm-hmm. Then you can just get rid of him, sell him off for some other pieces. Maybe try to upgrade a position, package him with somebody to upgrade or get more trading pieces that you like more that you think will be more useful in the future. That's the beauty of fantasy. I mean, you can do that. And a lot of the time it works. If uh, I mean, sometimes you want to hold on to your big guys. I'm holding on to Cam Newton right now because I don't think Cam Newton is like, – like, I don't think anyone's going to be willing to offer a ton for Cam Newton right now. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if, yeah. I, if like all my other quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger and Gardner Minshew, I know I have three, but I had a bad quarterback situation. So that's why. If they continue to do well, I'll consider selling Newton. Like if all three of them do well, that's a – position where I don't need Newton as much. I mean, even if he is my best guy, if he's the guy who's going for by far the highest premium, then I might want to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll talk about the last one is the Cleveland backfield situation. I believe I'm pretty sure Kareem Hunt outtouched Nick Chubb last game. And honestly, I'm not really sure why we didn't see this coming earlier. Hunt got a contract extension that's worth over six and a half million dollars a year. And we just ignored him. He's the main mm-hmm. guy in the passing game. They seem yeah. to be equal in the running game. I think, honestly, bold take here, and I think I might even believe it myself. I'd rather have Kareem Hunt than Nick Chubb right now. Mm-hmm. I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm almost with you on that. I still am going to say Nick Chubb just because he's more proven. But, I mean, it's it's getting closer and closer. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not 100% on it yet. But, I mean, I think the stats don't lie. I think they're both about equally talented – uh, Hunt is the guy in the passing game. So if they get equal touches in the running game, then logically he should be better. Chubb is still very good. But I mean, Hunt, if you're looking for one of these guys, I mean, Chubb, like Chubb, you can maybe get 
if someone's panic selling him, but I'd rather get Hunt than Chubb right now. And I don't know if that's a very popular take, but I mean, I would. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, Hunt is more of the boomer bust guy. I mean, you could get a really mm-hmm. nice value for him yeah. if you trade for him now. That's why. That's why I kind of want Chubb right now because I feel I don't want to. I mean, again, I don't want to just jump on something because of one week. You know, I think that it was a yeah. huge sign. One of the main things to look for in week one is not it's not uh like touchdowns or long catches. It's more to look for workload. So that's why I'm more leaning. I'm getting it's getting closer because Hunt actually got the workload rather than just getting a touchdown or two. You know. Yeah, and it's and like, yeah, it's not like I'm, it's not like we're panicking it because of week one. Hunt got the workload. We mm-hmm. honestly should have seen it coming because I'm not really sure last year why Hunt wasn't used as much. Maybe he was just a little rusty coming off his suspension. Mm-hmm. But Kevin yeah. Stefanski clearly realizes that he's got two equally talented running backs. So unless Hunt gets suspended or something, it's going to be a split. And I mean, the workload plus the contract makes me think that this isn't just a fluke. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had some really fun discussions. I love finally talking about games that have actually happened. Mm-hmm. This is so great. Yeah, I know. It's so nice. All right. So we will move on to waiver wire. Waiver wire. All right. So we are starting with some, or continuing with some waiver wire. And uh, Chris, would you like to start? I guess we've got three each on our list. Yeah. My number one. And this the Calvin and I were in a fight for this one. Oh, so no. normally what we do is we we race to write down the names, so we race to write down our top three. Yeah, and it was like ready set go, and we both started typing. And Calvin typed in Russell Gage before I did, but you know how I got him? I typed in the junior Russell oh, Gage man. Junior. It literally, I, 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 I called Chris pick. out. Chris was so quick to do it that he didn't even type capitalize junior, and I tried to call him out for that, but he's like, no, Calvin, no, it's it's fine. So you can talk <laughs> yeah. about him. But anyway, so Russell Gage, like we said earlier, he had nine receptions last week. Uh, I think he's really proved himself to, to on any on any given week. This is the thing. I feel like if if teams are shutting down Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and they're facing a good team, say like a team like the what's a team with two good corners? I don't. I don't. I mean, know. well, the they're facing the Cowboys next week who have a good defense. This is a perfect Gage matchup. Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think the Cowboys are actually really weak in the secondary, so I'm actually not loving Gage's to maybe to be the number one, but he was the number three last week and he got nine receptions. So I think he's a guy that you can put in your lineup. I think there's a good chance, guys, that I might be getting him on my fantasy team because I'm high in the waiver order because my team was trash. I was claiming him, and I, I thought I was getting him until I realized Chris was too. Literally everyone is trying to claim him, but I think I'm at the top of the waiver order. So Oh, yes. Speaking of let's which, go. thank you and... for reminding me because this is the time to mention Urgent Ads, our website section. If you're listening to this and you're like, darn it, I was going to get Russell Gage, but now it's Wednesday and waivers have passed and somebody already claimed him. Thanks, guys, for not telling us sooner. You literally knew. You could have gone to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. You had the knowledge right there. You could have gone to urgent ads. I wrote about two this week. There might be more in future weeks. I might lower the threshold for making urgent ads. But I talked about Russell Gage and Malcolm Brown on that page as guys that are going to definitely valuable players that are definitely going to be off your waiver wire um, by Wednesday. I mean, it's not just guys that are going to be off the waiver wire. It's guys that I think are actually worthy of picking up. So Sammy Watkins, Corey Davis, not really worthy of picking up for me. 
but Malcolm Brown and Russell Gage were definitely, and they're also going to be off the waiver wires by the time you're listening to this. So you have to go check out urgent ads. I, that column, I'm going to write it basically every Monday. If there's anything I need to add for Monday night, I'll add it on Tuesday. So you'll have to go read it and um, it, we won't regret it because, but we'll still be giving you on the show. The purpose of this segment is to talk about those guys in case they're still there, but also talk about some deeper guys that um, maybe aren't, completely off your waiver wires. I actually realized my number three guy on this list is definitely coming off waiver wires, but he shouldn't be on them in the first place. So it's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, Russell Gage, I mean, Atlanta took a lot of offensive snaps, but 12 targets is still huge. So I still expect a decent target share from him. And even if Hayden Hurst picks back up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I love Gage right now. Yeah, we both do. And I was, I was going to start him in, if Devontae Parker couldn't play. That's why I'm mm-hmm. so mad. Yeah. Um, so my I, think first... I might be starting him at my flex. I mean, I kind of have I have a really tough decision. I mean, I have Jarvis Landry, Deontay Johnson, Darius Slayton, and Russell Gage. Like, do you realize how tough that decision is, Calvin? Yeah, I mean, it's and AJ Brown. Tough. AJ Brown had a bad week, so I mean, there's a chance that he could not be in my lineup. You know, it's just like I have five receivers. Pick two of five. <laughs> I have five receivers that could all be very viable starters. Ooh. That's tough. It, it's really tough. I mean, literally, like, Jarvis Landry uh, had a very solid game, got a good work. Deontay Johnson got a, a surprisingly high am- amount of targets. He had 10 targets tied for the lead with Juju Smith-Schuster. And same same number of receptions. Juju just got in the end zone, so that's why people hear about him. Then I have Russell Gage, who had nine receptions, huge breakout candidate. Then I have Darius Slayton, who literally scored 25 points last week. And then I and then I have AJ Brown who busted last week, but he's a breakout candidate. It's like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think with Juju. So and then I have Tyreek. But I, I kind of needed Juju to prove that he had a wide receiver, was able to be a wide receiver one before I trusted him. He had an easy matchup, so I'm not gonna admit to being wrong about this yet. But if Juju has a couple more strong games, uh, I'll probably concede that Juju is, in fact, capable of being a wide receiver one. I mean, it's not like he can't – I didn't think he could be, like, ever. It's just that I felt like he's never proven – he'd never proven it. So, um, I'm not going to concede that Juju – I was wrong about Juju yet. But um, I'm just going to wait and see. And I'm still going to mostly stick by my stance as of right now. Because he did have an easy matchup against the Giants. Got a little lucky with touchdowns. So, um especially with only six receptions, getting two touchdowns is pretty lucky. Darius Slayton hmm, also had six receptions. But anyway, um, I'm sticking by my stance for the most part. Although he's going up, a, he would go a little bit up in the rankings if I was updating them right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so your next guy, Chris, is Naheem Hines. Yeah, I've got Naheem Hines here just because, I mean, pretty much the obvious, Marlon Mack tore his Achilles. But then what surprised me the most is Naheem Hines outpaced Jonathan Taylor in running game touches where Naheem Hines was more known as a passing batch and back. And uh, now he's sort of taken over the role of running back, you know? So it's, it's yeah. kind of weird, but this is just because we don't really know what the Colts backfield situation is going to look like. You might as well throw a flyer out for Naheem Hines. I mean, someone's going to grab him in your league. So if you have a, a deeper wide receiver that, or running back that maybe didn't do too well, you kind of took a flyer on him earlier in the season. Maybe someone like, I don't know who's someone that that people were thinking of picking up. Someone like Brian Edwards, you know, there was a ton or there was a ton <laughs> of buzz on for Brian nine yards. <laughs> yeah, there was a ton Chris of buzz on up. Brian Edwards. So I picked him up because I threw a flyer. I didn't. I had an open spot and it didn't work out. So now I'm dropping him for Russell Gage Jr. Uh, if I had judging spot, based on, I one think week. I'd be picking up Naheem Hines instead. I'm I'm trying to get Malcolm Brown. So uh, yeah. 
You know, I should just, what I should do is just, now that I know Wait, this. actually, I have to make sure that I don't accidentally get Malcolm Brown over uh, Russell Gage. I have to make sure Russell that Gage. I put Malcolm Brown over Russell Gage now that I know I'm not getting him. Because Chris is higher in the waiver order because he scored less points mm-hmm. than me because he's bad. Mm-hmm. Absolute silence and uh, a sarcastic chuckle <laughs> comes in. Funny, funny. And my team is yeah. bad. And then my third, and then my third is Frank Gore, who I just <laughs> like because of Le'Veon Bell's injury. I think that year after year, Frank Gore always manages to pop up on the waiver on everyone's waiver wire list. And this guess, time, guess who made his co- guess who made his college Bell. debut a couple weeks ago? Who? Frank Gore Jr. <laughs> hey, let's, let's go. go. Yeah, but anyways, I Frank Gore always finds his way there, and whenever he's starting, he always. Seems to put up numbers. First father-son duo in the same backfield. Mm-hmm. And it won't happen right away because Frank Gore Jr. will get drafted. He'll go for five years with one team. Or go, he'll go for four years with one team. Then he'll go to another team for a couple years. And then he goes to Frank Gore's team. Because mm-hmm. Frank Gore's still yeah. in the NFL. <laughs> All right. Anyway, my next guy on the waiver wire is Benny Snell, who if we had if somehow we get clarity on James Conner's injury over Tuesday night, then you can just disregard this. But I don't think we will, and James Conner's uncertain. So, especially if you have a spot where you can take a flyer, Benny Snell is a great flyer because if James Conner sits out, he's a possible start this coming week. And so I think he's a pretty good player too, so a nice guy to add. And the third guy, if he was, if I had known he was only owned in 29.7% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues, I would have put him in urgent ads. But Dallas Goddard is for some reason on most people's waiver wires, which is – crazy this is absolutely insane dallas goddard needs to be picked up in every league i thought he was already owned in every mm-hmm. league i know me this too is ridiculous it's crazy please please dallas goddard stat line pick him up. eight receptions 101 yards one touchdown on nine targets yes that's not Guys, gonna continue i love dallas goddard it's I, not gonna it, it might it might that, well no not those numbers i mean maybe not those, those numbers, are like that, that that target share with zach Ertz. i predicted that that would continue guys i don't see why it wouldn't Oh, yeah, they're both going to get a decent amount of targets. This, this, these specific numbers aren't going to continue, but he's definitely going to be worth rostering. And later in starter sit, I know this is a spoiler, but he, I think he's going to be a top 12 tight end next week too. So he should definitely be a start for me. And, um, yeah, so mm-hmm. actually we're moving on to starter sit right about now. Starter sit. All right, so we are starting some starter sit. Get it? Get my accidental mm-hmm. pun. I got it. So now we're now we're gonna sit on some starter sit. We're gonna sit and ponder our starts or sits. I'm okay, actually stop. starting. I'm actually stop. starting all five of these guys, which is kind of crazy. Chris put together this list, and um, I, while we were working on other things and stuff, but hey, I, don't call me lazy because I put t- well. No, Chris helped me with the news and the big questions. So. Number one is <laughs> maybe I'm lazy. Maybe I am lazy. No, just kidding. I edit the podcast, so I'm not lazy. And write urgent ads. Number one, Ronald Jones. I don't know. You starting or sitting? He, why he's on this list again? We need to have one guy on this list who we have all all every single week. Mm-hmm. He, Ronald it's, Jones. It's be Ronald, Ronald Jones, Jones and Jonathan Taylor are two for two so far at mm-hmm. making the list. I have Ronald Jones as a start just because last week. He got the majority of the touches over Leonard Fournette, who was horribly inefficient. It's kind of yeah. funny. This, uh, I mean, just because if he's getting those running back touches, I believe he got some receptions too, if I can look at his stat line. But, like, I think he, he was 
getting the majority of the carries, and that's really all that matters for him because he's not the most talented, but he's pretty good. He's facing Carolina, which is a nice matchup. So, uh, and then he also did get two receptions in that game, so that's not bad. Average 3.9 yards per carry against New Orleans, so not that good on 17 attempts, but it's way better than Fournette, who averaged one yard per carry, <laughs> who I also have on my fantasy bench, so that's pretty sad. I think later in the season, Leonard Fournette could start to make a difference because he is very talented, but for now, this is Ronald Jones's backfield until Leonard Fournette gets used to the playbook and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm starting Ronald Jones for week one. I agree with you, Calvin, basically with what you said. I just don't think that, uh, what's his face, uh, Leonard Fournette is going to have enough targets <laughs> right now. Start. All right. Um, let's move on to T.Y. Hilton. And can you believe it? I'm arguing to start T.Y. Hilton this week. I mean, T.Y. Hilton last week, nine targets, four receptions. He dropped two passes at the end of the game, so he could have easily had six. But, I mean, I don't expect his production to continue a ton. But I think this week, he's playing Minnesota. They allowed, like, 43 points to Green Bay last week. So, T.Y. Hilton should be able to put up at least wide receiver two numbers, at least back-end wide receiver two numbers this week. It's mainly because of matchup that I'm starting him this week. He's not an every-week start for me. But, um, yeah, I'm going to start him this week. Sounds good. Are you sorry? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, for T.Y., he's actually – this is tough for me. Chris doesn't write these down. He's like, oh, I got it. I'm going to do it in the podcast. Just no, make I actually it up. do. Make I it like up off the top it, of my head. I norm- no, I don't, I don't normally just make it up off the top of my head. I'm going to say T.Y. Hilton is a start, but this might be the last week he's there. I just think that Philip Rivers did not look too great. Uh, what did I say? Mr. Philip Rivers is going to have a renaissance. Actually, wait, let me look at what Philip Rivers' numbers were. Do, do, I, do, do. Game. I kind of just assumed that because uh, the receivers didn't do too well. I actually shouldn't be checking that. Yeah, fact check. Come on. Never mind. He was okay. 363 passing yards. That definitely <laughs> makes you. <I> <laughs> oh, dang it. I just celebrated about being right he about threw, something. He threw two picks, but I mean, I'm okay with yeah, that. It yeah, doesn't really matter picks. as much Rivers fantasy. Picks. Rivers just throws a ton of picks. Yeah. What, so what were you 36 of 46, 363 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Why are they throwing that much when they have Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, but uh, anyways, <laughs> I, I'm definitely starting T.Y. Hilton. Well, he now, did have that. nine Just because, especially like like Super Calvin four. says, the, the defense, uh, they're playing Green Bay, so that should be good. Yeah, the GB Green Bay mm-hmm. Packers. All right, next, let's go Tyler Boyd. My man, Tyler oh, they're Boyd. they're playing Minnesota. Sorry, sorry, correction. They're playing Minnesota, not uh, Green Bay. Yeah, who might, Minnesota who got torn up by Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. You're going to make a lot of people mad with that statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Tyler Boyd, definitely a start. Five receptions, or no, four, five targets, four receptions last week for 33 yards. Didn't do that well. But Joe Burrow was frequently under intense pressure from the Chargers last week. This mm-hmm. week, uh, he should be a lot better. This is getting into his second fantasy game so far. So uh, I'm excited to see what Tyler Boyd can do. They've got a pretty good matchup, too. They're facing Cleveland. So A.J. Green should be able to make a lot of space, and then Tyler Boyd as well. They should both be able to perform against a pretty bad secondary. I think this is going to be a nice settling in game for Burrow on, uh, I guess it's on Thursday night, but I expect the Bengals to uh, um, do in week two what they did not in week one. I actually disagree on Tyler Boyd. I think that the Bengals will be better, Mm, but uh, I think that Joe Mixon Mixon is going to get more involved in the passing game. And if we're really thinking about it in terms of wide receiver two and then maybe half of or maybe four out of 12 people are starting a wide or six out of 12 people are starting wide receiver at their flex so i'm thinking top 30 for me to consider him a start for now 
And I just don't think he's going to reach that. Four receptions for 33 yards? Is that really going to be enough to warrant me it's deciding that with a rookie receiver. quarterback that he can be a, a viable starter? The Bengals in general weren't mustering much at all last game. Joe Burrow, for some reason, ran the ball a lot, I guess. I don't really know why. And well, why he, is that going to change? He completed like 25 passes, I think, but he was getting pressured a lot. There weren't really many chances for them to I get I know, but games. still, I mean, I don't – Cleveland's secondary is a lot I still worse. think that A.J. Green right now is the number one until he gets injured. Well, sure, but like the, the Tyler Boyd can still. You're saying a number two wide receiver can't function in an offense? Look at Chris. Well, I just don't think he can under Chris this, under this Evans, brand new coordinator. I mean, under, under in this brand new situation. I think he can. I disagree. I think he's very talented. That's why I had him as wide receiver 19 this year. Yeah, I mean, and I, he's facing I like Cleveland. Him. I like him. I don't see him being anywhere near wide receiver 19. Mm. You, you can't say you like him when you have him a wide receiver 30. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's disgraceful. There's nobody on this Tyler Boyd hype train. It's all I'm all alone. So no, sad. are you crazy? There are tons of people on it. No, not really. I mean, there's nobody's people. really on. That I don't know, no. They're only on it because I've convinced them to be on it. <laughs> Please join my hype train. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, how about our I, number I like four is, is is Jonathan Taylor and again? I'm Jonathan Taylor is a sit for me this week. I have him as a start. I mean. Well, you saw his numbers. I mean, he got six receptions for 67 yards last week. I think he should be able to – it's not like he's going to be great this week, but if even splitting carries with Naheem Hines, he should be able to put up – I mean, I would say decent numbers. He'll get more carries than Naheem Hines. I feel like Hines was involved because, I mean, Taylor's still getting used to the offense, but I think Taylor should be able to take over the game this week. He's facing Minnesota, who I guess – well, they do have a good uh, – pretty good D-line, but, um, I mean – Minnesota, they, they lost a lot of pieces in the offseason. So they're definitely very beatable, and Taylor's a very good back. I mean, he showed that he could catch a lot of passes, which is so important in half PPR. Mm-hmm. So, actually, I think it's closer than I originally thought, but he's a barely a start for me. Yeah. Same. I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to have him barely as a sit just because Naheem Hines did get the work, and that's basically the basis for my argument. I think he got a little bit lucky with averaging 11 yards per reception. I mean, that's a lot. He got unlucky think, averaging 2.4 yards per I don't carry. think that's going to happen. I, I I mean, that's what I don't trust, though. Against a Jacksonville defense that lost Yannick and Gawkway, he should be able to make more than 2.4. He only got nine carries. I mean, obviously, that's probably going to bump up a little bit. But I think that I still just don't trust it. I think that he's just not going to do that strong. So you think okay. he's a starter a sit? A barely a sit. But, I mean, if he if you're if you're a little weaker – if you're just a week or two, if you're a weaker at flex, please go ahead and start Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, actually, this is a tough one. I think, I mean, you made a good point about Jacksonville. I might actually switch to a sit. Yeah, I think I'll say, yeah, that passing kind of game prediction. Get on, get on the, the Chris sit. But if you're well, I mean, but Mac train, was only that... was Mac was playing for part of that game. Nah, I'll mm-hmm. keep it. He's barely a start. Last okay. one, Dallas Goddard. It's not that hard to be a tw- top 12 tight end in this league. Even if you think expect regression from his eight reception, 101 yard, one touchdown game last week, he's still a start. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Not, I mean, he is a these start. Guys can be Please guys. I was telling you before the season and you should have, you should have known then. If you didn't know then, you know, now start Dallas Goddard. Yes. Very, very, pretty plain and simple. I mean, maybe he might not be a top 12 every single week, but I mean, especially with Alshon Jeffrey out, I mean, let's look what, I don't know what his status is right now. I don't know if he's playing next week. I think it, it looks like he's questionable, but I don't know, think he's really expected to play. So I think that should be good for Dallas Goddard. And even if he is, maybe he's on a snap count. We'll see. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Booms and busts. Ready? Let's. Uh, er. Oh, I should have waited for your answer. Are you ready? No. All right. Let's go. Booms and busts. All right. So we will start some booms and busts. Um. So let's get started. And the first boom is my man, I'm so predictable, Allen Robinson, who had uh, five receptions for 74 yards last game on nine targets just because of some bad passing by Mitchell Trubisky. He's facing the Giants this week, though, and what I was talking about earlier in the season, or earlier in the offseason, when he's, I said the, oh, it feels so good to say in the offseason, when I was saying the Chicago Bears have the easiest wide receiver schedule in the league, this is one of those matchups that's very, very, very easy should be too hard. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky brought the Bears to a win last week. The, yes, they were. I mean, they were playing Detroit, so that's a pretty good matchup. But Robinson should be able to rebound. Anthony Miller scored the touchdown last week, which, I mean, since he had less receptions, probably should, if there's a t- wide receiver touchdown, it would likely be Robinson's this week. So I think he should have a pretty good game. And I've been, I have him as a boom, so I actually think he'll have a very good game. This will be Robinson's first really breakout game of the year. He had a decent game last week, but this is going to be where he... he proves that he should have been taken as a wide receiver one in any league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did, yep. obviously he didn't prove that he wasn't last week, but he didn't prove much. He just had kind of meh. He had a, a decent game. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. who's your first boom, Chris? And it, oh, My wait, first no, is Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray had mm-hmm. 15 carries last week. Oh, wait, really, wait. Really the only reason that he didn't have a huge game is because Alvin Kamara got very lucky in the touchdown department. That could have very easily been Latavius Murray. I think Latavius Murray is going to get more involved in, in the offense, and he is the lead running back in 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 New Orleans. I mean, wait, 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 wait! As a, as, as, yeah, as a, as a guy that gets carries, he is. I think in what? general, I'd say Kamara wait. is the lead. Actually, no, I'll rephrase this. I'll whoa, say that, whoa, whoa, I'll say that, whoa, whoa, that, whoa, whoa. That, that, that Latavius Murray is the lead like guy for carries, but no. in general, Kamara is the, still the lead back. You mean he's the lead? He's not the – he got 15. You're taking too much into one game. Well, how many times did Latavius Murray get a ton of carries last year? Like twice? Uh, yeah, a, twice. A, a lot. A lot. Well, not like 15, like twice. Kamara ran 12 times and gained 16 yards. Please. Okay, well, we're, we're saying he's bad because of one week. I, I, I'm not script. saying he's bad. He, of he one played week. badly one week and he got written out because of game script. But Tavis Murray is going to get even more and more targets. He's playing the Raiders. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I wouldn't necessarily say start Tavis Murray unless you're in a sticky slot, but uh, definitely a boom candidate. You can't have and a then, boom candidate that's not startable. <laughs> yeah, can. All right. Well, fine. Mine is AJ Green. My next one's AJ Green versus the Browns. That's this is gonna be a very spicy matchup. Five of nine targets last week. Year or uh, week he caught, so he got a lot. He got a lot of targets. Um, again, Joe Burrow was under a lot of pressure, and it was uh tough that he um, he actually had a touchdown overturned for offensive pass interference last week. But I mean, it it was tough that Joe Burrow had to struggle through his first game a little bit. I mean, he didn't play too badly, but it was pretty tough. It was relatively tough for Bengals players to get production against that Chargers defense. Against Cleveland, it shouldn't be so tough. This game has the makings of a potential shootout, maybe on Thursday night. And then Green's that player who can just explode based on one play. Since he's not hurt, I'm really excited for him. And the sky's the Mm -hmm. limit, because this guy has been a wide receiver one before. definitely. So definitely start him. And uh, your next guy is Dallas Goddard. Yeah, my next guy is Dallas Goddard. We kind of talked about him already, and I really didn't want to include him in this, but I had to. I mean, he is going to continue to get a ton of work. 
the Eagles, every pretty much every single possession, they are playing two tight ends. I mean, if you watch that game, almost every single play, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are in there. Like more, more often than not, they're both playing, which is very uncommon for an NFL team, especially in this day and age where it's so pass heavy. You normally don't see two guys. I mean, because that's normally a, a run heavy set. We really don't see a pass heavy or a passing offensive set with two tight ends. But I mean, the Eagles are a special team. It doesn't necessarily make them too good, but they're they're a special team, all right. Uh, but I, I love Dallas Goddard. They aren't that good. He is a huge target in the red zone. And he's so athletic. I mean, just watching him play, like, he looks like a, a receiver that's, that's playing tight, that has the build of a tight end, you know? So I love Dallas Goddard. Really? You you love Dallas Goddard? Since when? Since the entire fantasy year. I know, because all you ever do is talk about him. So mm-hmm. obviously never realized that you actually loved him. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to some okay, busts. That was weird. That was just weird. What do you mean that was weird? <laughs> no sense at all. What do you mean that made no sense at all? I was saying, no, I was because you, you, you missed the sarcasm. No, I did get the sarcasm. It was just weird sarcasm. No, because you were like, Dallas Goddard, so good. And I was, you were like, I love Dallas Goddard in like a statement way. Is like, no, as if no one's heard this before. You're like, I love Dallas Goddard. Calvin needs to just, get out just of English class. Me, just to inform Calvin you. Calvin needs to get out of English class. Quit. Okay. Just to, wait, um, what, what, what do you mean, get out of English class? Calvin is becoming an English nerd. Uh, no, wait, no, 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 wait, 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 no, 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 wait, 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 stop, stop. He is not able to get enough targets in that offense. I mean, he has Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup to fight against, right? So I don't understand how he didn't answer. He so kept going. Totally blow up. I feel like people are getting are getting too high on him. The Falcons don't have that great of a secondary, so I don't see any reason why Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper are going to have trouble getting open. I mean, you could say the same for C.D. Lamb, but honestly, when I'm looking at these teams, I'm looking for a tougher secondary because I know the top two guys are going to be on Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, and that's going to be able to get C.D. Lamb open. But right now, against a bad secondary, where why wouldn't Dak Prescott be looking to Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup every single play? C.D. Lamb is not going to have enough of a target share. We're going back to okay. Wait, I'm gonna argue against. Wait, see, this is wait. I miss I missed this because I was thinking about. I, I missed your stupid argument for C, against CD Lamb because CD Lamb's so good. I'm gonna argue against this. He's actually kind of a boom candidate for me this week. But I mean, I'm gonna argue against it in a moment. But first, what do you mean? I need to get out of English class and stop being an English nerd. I literally you said I love Dallas Goddard, and then I used sarcasm and said. I, we we never heard that. We, like, we never knew that before. I don't know. You were like, get out of just, English just... class, Calvin. You're too grammarly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was yeah. good grammar let's right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really good at grammar. I'm good at grammar. I'm, I'm too grammarly. I'm good at grammar. Uh, hashtag not a sponsor. But I'm too good at grammarly. Mm-hmm. Grammar? Lee. I'm doing really good in grammar. Lee. Class. I'm doing really good in grammar <laughs> class. I <laughs> get out of English class. <laughs> if we ever make a best moments mm-hmm. thing, that's gonna be part of it. All right. <laughs> anyway, I guess should I argue against C.D. Lamb first, or talk about Noah Fant? Oh, you're getting back at me, aren't you? You, you were like <laughs> the thing. Go ahead and talk like, about asking Noah me Fant. a question. Did, I didn't answer. And you moved on. I'll argue against CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb had six targets for five receptions last week. He's got a great matchup this week against Atlanta. Right? You agree? 
Mm-mm. No, because all the targets are going to be going to Amari Cooper. No, no, wait, 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 wait. No, admit, Atlanta's a bad pass defense, correct? Yes. Okay. C.D. Lamb got six targets and caught five passes last week, correct? Yes, but they were also okay, facing no. the Los Angeles Rams, who have Jalen Ramsey shutting down Amari Cooper. Okay, but Blake Jarwin tore it his exactly ACL, correct? We reported that in news? Yes. That Blake okay. Jarwin didn't do anything anyways. Okay, but he, no, he got that's because he got hurt early. He was gonna do stuff. He's the primary guy that takes that. away from CD Lamb's target. He, he's well, like CD Lamb and Blake Jarwin are kind of the same guy because if they they play in the slot versus at tight end, it's like that. That's that's how they are. Also, Amari Cooper got ten receptions last week, so you can't say he wasn't getting targets. CD Lamb is a boom candidate this week. Trade. I tried trading for him. No joke. I did, even though he's like a bench guy. So it's not it's not like these guys aren't getting targets. CeeDee Lamb is going to be very good this week. Actually, maybe a good boom candidate. But my bust is Noah Fant. And uh, I guess you could make a case that maybe... Oh, no, you can't. Never mind. You can't start Noah Fant this week. He's facing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe the toughest matchup in all of football. Last week, six targets, five receptions, 81 yards, a score. Very good. Cortland Sutton, their top receiver, however, was out. Noah Fant maybe has some value in some weeks. He surprised me a little with his performance, even with Sutton out. But so maybe he goes, maybe he's a little bit higher in my rankings than he otherwise would be, but not by much. He's also facing this, but he's facing the Steelers this week. So the decrease in target share plus the tough matchup just makes him not very, not startable for me. And Chris, I think you would agree, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. I just don't think that – I just don't think it's there. I still can't trust him, even after a good week one. Yeah, I mean, just don't take too much stock into week one. So, mm-hmm. um, Chris, your next guy is Amari Cooper. Or um, No, wait, Austin Hooper. Whoops. Wait, wow, I'm still stuck on Cowboys, aren't Ooh. I? Yeah, you really are. I mean, Austin Amari Hooper. Cooper and Austin Hooper, that kind of rhymes, you know? But, uh, it Austin kind Hooper, of rhymes. It's, it's, a, near, it's a near rhyme. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It's a near rhyme, right? Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of rhymes. It's a near rhyme. Okay. Uh, Austin, Should I get, I get out really of English class? Get out of English, get out of English <laughs> class. <laughs> okay. Austin Hooper had two receptions for 15 yards last week. And people are going to be on him because David Njoku got injured. That doesn't mean he's automatically going to shoot up in targets. It's not like he's... It's not like he's just going to totally get tons of work. I mean, not they're going to be throwing to Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. I hate to say it, but Austin Hooper is still not going to be getting anything. And people are going to be, be putting way too much stock in him just because David Njoku is out. Yeah, I mean, that's true. He's facing Cincinnati, but he's gonna. that's going to just boost his stock. So his stock will probably be a little bit too high for me. Mm-hmm. My number two guy is Jamison Crowder. And Jamison Crowder is a very good player. Got 13 targets last week. But he got a 69-yard touchdown where he made a few guys miss. He, it was a nice play. But that's not happening most weeks. Take away that touchdown, he had six catches for 46 yards on 12 targets. That's the classic Jamison Crowder game. Barely gets any yards, gets a lot of targets, doesn't catch them all in the slot. He's facing the 49ers, too, this week. Mm-hmm. So this is a yeah. super tough matchup for him. If he doesn't have that touchdown, that's not even a very good fantasy game. So they're going to put too much stock. It's not that he's bad, but, like, it's going to be his stock is going to be crazy high after last week, especially after the high target share. They're going to forget that he's a slot guy. He, he Jamison Crowder is a very high floor, but a very low ceiling guy. And mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. what the Jets' offense is also just not very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, um, 
And let's go finish it up. Credits? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we should. I mean, kind of the biggest takeaway you guys can get from this week, I feel like, is don't take too much stock in week one. Pay attention to kind of the big – who was getting the most workload, I think, is the most important thing you can get out. Don't worry about players getting touchdowns or Darius Slayton getting two touchdowns and then have a measure wide receiver 15, you know? So just – I mean, listen to week one but in moderation, you know? Yeah. I mean, the other main takeaway is if you're in English class right now, get out mm-hmm. of it. If you're listening to yeah. this in English class, you have to go- – wait, okay. If you're in school – Especially if you're virtual. No, no, you can, you can just mute your teacher. Okay, but we're going we're gonna to make just this apply to everyone. Teacher. Yeah, if you're in school, you got to go out in the hallway right now. Get out of English class. Get out. Out. Mm-hmm. Right now. If you're virtual, you've got to mute your teacher, turn off your video, and turn off your mic if it's on, and leave the room and go somewhere quiet. Mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> we're gonna get emails being like you got me in trouble with my parents oh man that'd be funny once once this podcast gets famous we're gonna get emails from innocent little children who got yelled at by their parents mm-hmm. sneaking out of school to listen to the second and goal fantasy podcast and being like calvin and chris said to get out of english class oh mm-hmm. man <laughs> anyway let's roll the quote-unquote credits um so if you want to follow our podcast on twitter do so at SGF Pod. You can review us on Apple Podcasts. Keep downloading Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and tune in. If you have questions for our show, email us at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. And um, you can follow Chris and I on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF and at Chris underscore SGF. If you want to check out our live sports talk show, we do one every single week, plus occasional other streams. You can go to SPRTS, www.sprtscastr.com slash SG Sports Talk or download the SPORTSCASTR app, Sportscaster app, and uh, follow us at SG Sports Talk. You can follow our um, live show on Twitter, also at SG Sports Talk. If you have questions for the show, email us at talk at gmail.com. Um, if you want to find my articles on TechMohole, uh, you can, Chris doesn't have uh, his page anymore, you, but you can find mine at www.tecmoholee.com. Yeah. I don't have time, guys. I'm sorry. I would keep writing articles, but uh, I'm going to a new school this year, and it has a lot more homework and a lot more studying and all that to do. And then I'm also playing on the golf team, and which, is Monday, which is Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 6, and so I don't get home until 6.30, and then... Podcast. All that homework and all that studying, and then I podcast on Tuesdays. I have sportscaster live streams on Saturdays. I have some football to watch on Sundays. You know, very very busy. I've got video games to play. I've got a lot of things to do. <laughs> video games to play. Yes. No, but, um, but I, yeah. I, I literally had to stop playing video games. Like how sad is that? No. To find my articles, you can go to www.tcmohole.com slash author slash Calvin K. Also, I apologize for all that noise Chris was making with his mic in the back and his chair in the background. It was like bang, bang every five seconds. Can you really hear that? I, I actually can't hear that because I have my headphones in. So I'm sorry. If, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even realize that it's doing that. Oh, yeah. There was a ton of chair creaking and mic bashing, but it's okay. Not like a ton. Not like a ton, but like a, a decent amount. Um, you can go, if you want to find our rankings and articles and urgent ads, you can go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. Um, that's it. I hope you liked our drops and email feedback. And I hope you could tell that it was my voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said that at all, but it was kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> get it. Get out well, of the English show on class, that Calvin. Note. Get out of English mm-hmm. class. Um, remember. Yep. Don't take too much. T- take stock in week one in moderation and get out of English class or your two lessons for today. Thanks for listening mm-hmm. and we'll see you next time.